if collective intelligence is on your radar and you want to help any group of people produce their highest impact by facilitating a shared intelligence generating experience, I invite you to reflect on the questions and considerations I'm about to outline here. Welcome to Create New Futures, a show about thought-provoking ideas and practices you can use to create and shape your future in life and in business. Join Aviv Shahar, author and innovation strategy consultant, as he shares his proven strategies that have helped clients create breakthrough results. Aviv has guided executives at Fortune 100 companies, and now he wants to help you. This is Aviv with a new episode of Create New Futures. And this one is titled Collective Intelligence 2, Mapping the Terrain of Collectives. A colleague recently asked me a question. What have you learned about helping a group of very smart people unleash the capacity to access their collective intelligence? My initial response was that the inquiry is important and that approaching collective intelligence as a general concept is incomplete and unsatisfying, and therefore often leads to uninspiring results. If collective intelligence is on your radar, and you want to help any group of people produce their highest impact by facilitating a shared intelligence-generating experience, I invite you to reflect on the questions and considerations I'm about to outline here. For example, you may be asking, what is collective intelligence? And how do I facilitate the generation of collective intelligence with a leadership team or with any group of people? I propose that we come at this inquiry through a series of reflections, which will allow us to enter the territory from the back door. Let me explain. I started guiding groups in the youth movement in the kibbutz in Israel at age 15. And so for about 45 years now, as my work expanded, I've been designing and facilitating discovery, learning, and transformational experiences with groups, cohorts, teams, organizations, and communities. When I add to the hours of the group engagement specifically, the even greater portion of the meditative and contemplative methods I have used to design, prepare, and develop process pathways for many of these events, workshops, and retreats, I've no way of telling if I'm in the 40 or 50,000 hours of work or even more. Whatever way I look at it, I have several multiples on the 10,000 hours rule. But even more important than the number of hours invested in these activities is the intentional focus I brought to them, developing process pathways to help individuals and groups transform by creating breakthroughs, has become first nature to me. When I'm not helping others develop and transform, I usually am working on my own development. That's how I am wired, and that pattern has shaped my life's work. Around the age of 15, I made a surprising discovery one evening. I was leading a trust-building activity with a group of 16 boys and girls, three years younger than me, on the dunes near a beach that was halfway between Tel Aviv and Natania. After the trust-building practice, we came together in a circle to talk about the experience. As the circle conversation started, I suddenly realized that something miraculous was going on. 
I was able to feel the current moving through the group, and I knew who was going to speak next and what was the tone that he or she would bring forward to the conversation. I also felt where the current stopped, and I found that by asking a simple question, I enabled that person to share what he or she wanted to say. It was as though some unknown internal capability came alive on its own. Since then, through my work with groups and teams on a professional level, I've honed my listening practices and skills, intuitions, flow-generating techniques, and behavioral modalities through experimentation and with the help of many very smart and experienced practitioners. Some of my client teams have even asked directly if there are psychic dimensions to our work together, because they said, I seem to be able to channel the collective intelligence. The truth is, I simply have worked very hard on paying attention. Now, having suggested that collective intelligence as a general idea is incomplete and unsatisfying, I propose to address each concept that is collective and intelligence separately before bringing them back together. And so right now, in this episode, I will offer three lenses to help you map the terrain of collectives. We will get to mapping the intelligence terrain on a future episode. Okay, so let's talk about the terrain of collectives. There are different collectives that operate in diverse ways. If you rush towards the attractive prospect of collective intelligence without first taking time to understand and appreciate the unique attributes of the collective you're approaching, you're likely to miss the mark. Here then are three lenses you can apply to categorize and define a given situation so you can devise an appropriate approach and design and apply the necessary facilitation methods. The first lens is about content. Collectives can be defined by content, which may or may not be domain-specific. For example, the groups of teachers, entrepreneurs, business executives, coaches, healers, and futurists I've worked with over the years each brought to the table domain-specific inquiries. I also have worked with groups whose propulsion was one of open inquiry that arises spontaneously. And so avoiding a one-size-fits-all approach is important. Embracing and centering the exploration on the content inquiry may or may not be central to the endeavor. For example, the process facilitation for a group of teachers may not be relevant for a group of business executives. So the guidance of the content lens is that often the what shapes part of the how. Lens two, the character. This collective dimension describes the character, dynamics, and or formation stage of the group's development. For example, do the group members represent an ad hoc collection of individuals a loosely associated network, an intentional community, or a team with a shared mission and mutual accountability, or even a higher, more defined contractual arrangement. Each of those five scenarios I just outlined will encounter a different set of dynamics, challenges, and opportunities. Here are some reflective inquiries to consider as you seek to understand the character 
of a given collective. Number one, are the members in a terms definition stage or have they developed a shared frame of reference? Number two, do they have similar or opposing needs? Number three, have they developed ways, means and rituals or do they have a need and a desire to develop these? Number four, how are influence and decision power distributed? And number five, how do they manage together through a challenging crisis? These inquiries will reveal the character and the maturation of the group, which then shapes the range of what it can do at this point and also what it cannot yet do at that point. Okay, so let's look at the third lens. The third lens is cause, which often is the first to actually be considered, because we will often ask, what is the cause that bring this group together? What is the intent or purpose of the endeavor, the meeting, the off-site, the workshop, or the project we are leading? What do they aspire to do, to achieve, to become? For example, are they trying to develop intelligence about solving a global problem, say in education or health policy? Or do they want to create a coherent business strategy? Or is this more a situation where individuals are seeking to facilitate personal discovery and insight and the acceleration and the liberation of their personal growth? For example, there is a difference, a big important difference between being propelled by an inquiry of a community envisioning its next evolution when the cause is inward to the community versus serving an outside cause that the group is compelled to address. And then further, is this a collective endeavor about growth and improving services and experience, or is it about survival? These inquiries are truly very critical and very important because by creating the energy and the intensity of the endeavor, the propelling cause shapes what can and cannot be approached. In the pursuit of generating collective intelligence, these are the three lenses to help you delineate the different collectives in which you may be involved. Everywhere you look today, near and far, you see organizations under stress. Small, large, and global systems are undergoing a leadership and efficacy crisis and multiple organizational and operational challenges. As I outlined in my letter to my granddaughter Talia, the breakdowns are symptoms of a civilizational phase shift. Systems large and small are seeking desperately to engage the collective intelligence of the system by developing and applying a new operating system. And what we propose here is that a good place to begin is to appreciate the nature of the collective system and to outline its needs and opportunities by applying these three lenses, the content lens, the character lens, and the cause lens, as you develop the appropriate approach to promoting collective awareness, wisdom, and intelligence. Thank you for listening. Aviv always encourages his clients to identify the one or two ideas they can move forward into action immediately. What will you capture and apply today? You can always begin with a small action and then build momentum over time. When you move forward from an idea to action, you get immediate ROI, return on the time you invested, and return of learning. And then the learning cycle builds the success propulsion. One more thing. 
You can reach Aviv directly by phone and email to discover how he can help you create a new future for your business and organization. Creating your new future can begin today.